is the Eminem Planet Podcast, episode 50. 50! Can you believe it? 50 episodes on this never-ending journey to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, we're doing something a little bit special. I know, yes, we're in the midst of the book clubs and a bonus um, series where we have four episodes where we're highlighting some book clubs from the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. We're going to continue that in the next two episodes. we got two more to go that we're going to highlight, but... For this episode, wanted to do something special. It's the 50th episode. You got to do something special. And and it became clear about what that something special uh, needed to be when on July 25th, it became known that uh, Bob Moses had passed away. Um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without the work of Bob Moses. And I know a lot of people would say those same words. Um, Bob Moses was a civil rights activist in the 60s and the Freedom Summer, uh, registering people to vote, to vote here in Mississippi. And then he saw that same work of registering people to vote for people to access citizenship, access society through that action. He saw those same things being happening in the math classroom. Yeah, he, he connected this registering people to vote for accessing, accessing the academic and economic opportunities available um, in the 60s to teaching algebra later on in his life. And he wrote a fantastic book with his co-author, Charles E. Cobb Jr., called Radical Equations, Civil Rights from Mississippi to the Algebra Project. I've wanted to talk about this book for a very long time, but it's it's like one of those that's on the shelf, and you're like, gosh, I, I, I want to make sure to do it right. And then when it became known that uh, he had passed, um, I, I reached out to a friend uh, Dr. Eris Winger from Georgia Gwinnett College uh, had had Eris many conversations with Eris before, and we've talked on another podcast, the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast, which is a fantastic fantastic episode. I'll put links to it in the show notes. But I thought, you know, he and I we, we have great conversation together, and I both uh, hold uh, Bob Moses in such high regard, and I thought. He would be a great uh, guest to have this conversation. And yes, he delivered. And so I don't want to spend too much time chatting ahead, but just, just know that this book is amazing. It, it, it really is a, the connection between the importance of teaching mathematics and how we can shape this society for the better. And... Bob Moses, through his quiet dignity, did that on a daily basis. He made the decision to do that work, and he details that work in the book, and we get a chance to share and talk about that work in this, uh, in this podcast. And so if you are not familiar with Bob Moses, um, well, one, this podcast will, this episode will help you get become a little bit familiar, but I would highly encourage you to pick up the book. If you are a teacher of mathematics, uh, especially in Mississippi, but anywhere in, in the U.S., I would suggest picking up this book. Um, and, I mean, I have my students read a chapter out of it because it just it just lays down the importance of what we're doing every single day when we get up and start teaching math and what does it mean to build that and facilitate that relationship. And so I got that from this book. I Hopefully you get that from this book. And as always, we won't be able to cover everything in the book. And if you like what you hear, go get the book for yourself. Seriously, it's, it's, a, it's an older book, so you should be able to get it used <laughs> somewhere. But it's definitely worth it uh, to pick it up. So again, that's Radical Equations, Civil Rights from Mississippi to the Algebra Project by 
Robert Moses and Charles E. Cobb Jr. And then again, I'm joined on this episode by uh, Dr. Eris Winger from Georgia Gwinnett College. He is also the co-host of a podcast uh, called Mathematically Uncentered, Uncensored, Mathematically Uncensored, which you can get on any uh, podcast platform. But it's him and Pamela E. Dr. Pamela E. Harris, and they go deep into talking about some of the same issues that we're going to be talking about in this episode. And so they've got uh, they're twenty episodes deep, so they're two fifths of the way to 50 episodes. So they're, they're rocking them out. So go ahead and check out uh, what their work there and the, and, and the other work that's going to be at the, the center for minorities in the mathematical sciences. We'll put links uh, to the, uh, to the website uh, in the show notes. So you can be able to access that. And, but any, anyway, without further delay, here's my conversation with Dr. Eris Winger on Bob Moses, the life and legacy of Bob Moses and his book, Radical Equations, Civil Rights from Mississippi to the Algebra Project. Dr. Eris Winger, thank you so much for joining me on the, another episode of the Amadon Planet podcast. How are you? Oh, good. I'm honored. That's what I am. No, I just want to, I'm just so thankful to be here with you and spend time with you. We do, you and I don't talk enough. I, I already know. know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're one of the love warriors out there that, you know, that I'm hoping to connect with a lot more. So, cause it ha- just helps change the narrative about our discipline. Yeah. I mean, so like, I think we started uh, talking, I had some, some unsuccessful career, NSF career grant applications, but that led to uh, a couple conversations with you. I yeah. mean, and one of those conversations where I couldn't help, but like stand up and walk around, like it was kind of like this. Uh, I was this- already on a treadmill when you called me, <laughs> I was in the gym in Pittsburgh and it was around this time of the year. Cause I was oh, yeah. I'm in Pittsburgh. In the oh summer yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, um, I remember Eden Battisher or someone at EDC was just like, you need to talk to Joel. Yeah. 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 So. And it was, it, you know, it's one of those like, man, I got to, I got to talk to Eris more. And then we had a chance to talk on the teaching math, teaching podcast. And yes. that was, yes. you know what? And I think back, like that was, um, you know, the conversation that we had and like, you know, it was d- difficult time in the midst of pandemic yes. and like, yes, there's, caring for our students there's constraints of a organization or government self-care self-care like all this sort of stuff and it's like it was almost like a a shot of adrenaline to the system and it's like you know there's there's people out there that are you know hearing that that are saying some messages saying some things that teachers need to hear in order to get us through because it it was a it was a slog at a time and so yes appreciate you and and all you that you do and we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're going to tease it. So at the end, we're going to talk about all that you do, because there's some other things that are that's happening that are kind of exciting that I want to want to get to at the end of the podcast. And okay. now, uh, uh, well, I'll preview it now. We're talking about another podcast, we're talking about Mathematically Uncensored. And so with you yes. and Dr. Pamela E. Harris. And so I want to talk about that and see what uh, what's going on there. But okay. we, we came here to talk about um, mm. a book that means a lot uh, to me and to you. It's uh, Radical Equations, uh, Civil yes. Rights from Mississippi to uh from Mississippi to the Algebra Project by Robert Moses, who, and, and Charles E. Cobb Jr. Uh, yes. He was a co-author, but we just, um, we lost Bob Moses. Uh, he was, I think it was July 25th. And it yes. was like one of those things where I never get a paper. Like I don't have a paper like that comes, but for some reason the paper, uh, you know, I don't know, they had some free ones and then they threw one mm-hmm. on, on our driveway and I opened it up and I was like, there it was right there. It was wow. like, like, 
you know, Bob Moses of the Freedom Summer uh, yes. passed away. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know. How, how did you hear the news? I, I mean, it's just, I, I know it was crushing to me. Yeah. No, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think I, I saw it on CNN. Oh, That's okay. what it was. Yeah. I saw it on CNN. And then I have the honor of knowing his daughter. And so then I wrote oh, her wow. immediately. My, oh, Maisha Moses is just, I mean, unbelievable there. So I, so she and I had done some work together on a number of different projects. And so, and then I've had the honor of meeting him, you know, once or twice um, on the side in the middle of a conference while he yeah, was yeah. surrounded by so many other people. Right? <laughs> Just trying to get <laughs> no, my hand like in there. The crowd that goes in. That's yeah. right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so, no, and I sat, I sat for a while after reading that and, you know, just, yeah, and reflected um, on him and, you know, um, you know, when, when, yeah, when a quote legend passes away like, like this, it's a reminder to me of, you know, who am I trying to be as a person? Yeah. Right. Um, because for me, this, it's always a paradox because when I think about him, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, um, Ella Baker, all these people, Ella Baker's mentioned in this book, right? Mm -hmm. um, I just think of, it's a paradox because I hold these people in such high esteem, but the last thing they will want me to do is to hold them in high esteem because they would also want me to realize the power I have within myself to do very much the same things that yeah. they have been doing. Right. And so really just lauding them, but also saying, wait, I, there is more for me to do. Right. And that, I mean, it seemed like that was his, it was like organizing people to do yes. the work. And I mean, yes, probably a motivation for writing the book is to, again, put that message out there. And so, yeah, yeah. so I, I was trying to, so we sent a, some questions back and forth. And so one of them was like, who is Bob Moses for those that are unfamiliar? And I, I was trying to come up with some, some descriptors. So civil rights leader, community organizer, and math ed activist, but yes. all in one, all in one. Oh yes. And that is, yeah, that's what I keep coming back to because, I mean, in the beginning of the book, it just says that, you know, uh, something to the effect of um, algebra and civil rights, question mark, mm -hmm. right? And for yeah. me, that just, that says so much about, um, you know, when I think about him, I think of, I think of a freedom warrior, Right. right. So, uh, uh -huh. yeah, I, I tend to go beyond the just the titles that we want to put. This is somebody who, you know, who cares about, you know, the rights um, and the lives of people. And 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 in this book, for the first time, and I remember so long ago picking it up. First of all, let me just be clear, picking it up and seeing his face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, for me as a black man to just pick up a book and see a black man's face. Mm -hmm. And then to have, you know, for, on the copy that I have to have the, um, to have uh, dedication or uh, the, uh, the, the wording for it is escaping me, but the, like the, uh, the stamp of approval from Cornell West mm. right, on the front, yeah. right? Who was another hero of mine. I mean, so, but to then somehow combine, you know, algebra and civil rights to bring those together was just for the first time for me, changed my life forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, he's just saying that mathematics is tied to the human experience in ways that, 
that we have yet to really think about. Um, and so radical equations is like completely the correct title for the book. Yeah. So. yeah. I'll share that quote. I, Cause I got, I have the, probably the same book that you have. So yes. Yes. from yes. Cornell yes. West, Robert Moses is a towering activist or intellectual towering activist or intellectual of his generation, a grassroots freedom fighter of quiet dignity and incredible determination. And I mean, and <laughs> that is represented in some of the stories that you get in this book of like, he's trying to registering people to vote and the intimidation yes. that's over his shoulder and like, does not, does not falter. And then like has, uh, is pulled into jail and like immediately makes the collect call to the, to his uh, connection, to the civil rights bureau. And like, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just the guts and again, quiet, the quiet dignity, that seems like a, a, a theme throughout, you know? Yeah, and, and you, it makes me think of that the only way, and I'm going to try to keep it together and I won't be able to this whole time, but I, it, it makes me think of that this is not a hobby for him, mm -hmm. no. right? And so part of the, you know, part of the courage that is tied to him and others is that um, this, it's a way of life for him. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about him later on in his life, that, that the part of the reason why he didn't stop is because this unrelenting part of it is because it's just who he is. Like, I mean, we all have a decision at some point to decide who we are going to be. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, then it becomes a lot easier to just fight the fight because then it's not something that you do during the week and take mm -hmm, off right. on the weekends, right? Yeah. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, um, just saying, I, I'm going to wake up every morning and this is what I'm trying to do, right? That that right. it was his mission. It mm -hmm. was his mission. And that's the challenge for all of us, right? And particularly doing work of equity and fighting for other people, that it's, it's not a part-time job. Yeah. It's just not a part-time job. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we mentioned too, like, I mean, just his position in Mississippi as like on, on the Mount Rushmore of civil rights leaders. And yes. I think like um, just the day before he passes, an incredible um down at jackson state there's a mural that was uh unveiled for uh chain breakers it was titled chain yes. breakers and yes he's right there right in smack dab in the middle and yes. came again right before the day before his death and so yes. and i'll post a link to the new york times um obituary and there's a picture of it there in the show notes for this episode because i've I mean, got to read that yeah, yeah it's a good one i mean i mean it, oh it they're kinda, usually amazing it captures yeah. i mean it captures all i mean some of the i mean some of the stories of the again the violence that he you know saw when he was trying to register people to vote in mississippi i mean and yes. it's captured in the book but then you know they they touch on it there but then also it's like how he saw this connection between the civil rights work in in the sixties to like teaching algebra and like profound and, and profound. that kind of transitions to the book. I mean, that's the book. The book is, yes. is making that connection. So what what um I mean and I don't didn't want to cruise through it. Like so what is there anything else like that you want to mention? Like what does Bob Moses mean to you, Harris? Oh my god. I mean, so he's a testament to what I'm trying to be. Mm. Right. Just plain and simple, right? I mean, so you know, I'm navigating this world, you know, trying to, again, speak the truth and say what needs to be said, because I know that it's tied to the suffering of people. And, you know, I, I got my core people who I just continue to think about, like, what would these people do? And he's one of them, mm -hmm. right? That where you just say, you know, um, 
I, yeah, and I always do this. I always try to think of the people who came before me as as fuel to continue to just just say what needs to be said, do what needs to be do uh, done, and not to be complacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I mean, for me, it was like my first engagement as like a scholar. I don't know who did, but they slid this book across to me and they said, "You need to read this." And like, oh, you don't even remember who it was. I can't even. I I want to say it was Dr. Vicky Hand at the mm-hmm. at, at the University mm-hmm. of Colorado Boulder. I want to yeah. say it was her, but I'm not for sure. But I mean, yeah. it, but it was like, it was so early on that it was like, and then I read it. And then also as my first engage, I, it was my first um, NCTM conference, like that I was going wow. to present at. And it was in Kansas city and he was there and I was getting a coffee and I'm like, that guy kind of looks like Bob Moses in front. Yes. And then I just kind of followed him and he went and he went straight into the biggest room that they had and like went up yes. to the front and like gave us talk. And I'm just like, it was Bob. And like yeah, just sitting wow. there absorbing. But like, again, the, 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 you know, sharing that story, right? Like it's as deep in him as possible. Like this is, this is a, a call for civil rights. Like what you're doing as a teacher of mathematics, or then, transitioning to a teachers of, of teachers like yes this is important work and this is this is more than just teaching about symbols and and representation this is this is yes. about way more than that and yes like, that was that um you know like it's about math about humanity about you know it's it's yes. about teaching of people not just teaching a subject right correct correct right no and and we've been saying this on the podcast a lot that people yeah people first Mm-hmm. And ironically, or paradoxically, when you talk about mathematical experiences, right, we simply, we tend to focus on the mathematical part and not on the experiences right. part that, right, that we have to be focusing on, on the people we're talking to. And then that will improve the mathematics and the mathematical experiences. Yeah. And like this, yeah. and, and like, you know, you, I guess sometimes we say things so much, and maybe in this world that we like the whole, you know, seeing math as like, a window and a mirror seeing yourself in it, but also experiencing the world. And like, like, yeah, to put that first, right. And not just like, yes. well, you know, is there an exponential curve behind there or something like, like no, no, no. Like, right. let's, let's talk. Let's talk about experience first. Yes. Yes. Can I humble brag a little bit, please? So my son completely like on his own signed up for a organization in Mississippi. And I think, Bob Moses would be proud of this because it, it was young people, young college kids in like 2018 that started this Mississippi votes um, thing to register young people to vote. They just, they see oh, the demographics. Wow. And so yeah. he started to, they started to organize and uh, put on, you know, voter registration drives and things like that. And so my son somewhere during the pandemic saw this opportunity for a fellowship and now is a fellow with Mississippi votes and is starting to oh, register people uh, to vote. And so it's like, you know, so and and he's very strong mathematically, but I, I just was one of yeah. those things where it's like, this is. I mean, you, you think about the the stories of registration, yes. registering people to vote in the book, and thinking about now it's a very different situation. But it means still, there's power there, right? There's there's the power in, of course in participating. So yeah, and you look, and we. This reminds me too that you never know the influence of a parent, and you know how what he saw in you in you. And how that gets transferred to him, it's powerful. Yeah. It was. I'm, I'm. I'm excited for him. So I'm yeah. See uh, what they're doing. Uh, with yeah, the and the challenges that he will oh, face. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that that's the education for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, then 
the the organization i'm just excited to learn more about it and like what they're what they're trying to accomplish and again all young people that is that's getting it done so it's yeah. pretty cool um so let's let's dive in into the book um so what and we kind of touched on it already like what how would you describe what radical equation is to somebody that had never experienced it yeah no it's a it's i mean for me it's this notion of connecting, you know, mathematics to the humanity of people in a lot of ways, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have, and for me, it's also, it's like a decision. It's like, and it's a breakthrough, right? I mean, you you have somebody who is fight. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it Mm -hmm. at the time. Like, how is it? That somebody who is, you know, fighting the fight in the civil rights movement then somehow comes to algebra and really makes the connection that today it's like, oh, you know, we're all still fighting to make this connection in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, he sees it, right, and says, you know what, these things are tied together. And so for me, it's a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. It's a breakthrough of um, that we're still trying to wrap our heads around. So in a lot of ways, it's far ahead of its time still, right? Where it, it would be my hope that just like you ran across it, every teacher, you know, this is a required reading for every teacher, right? right of mathematics, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's a breakthrough in understanding that our walk in this world as citizens, as um, humans is tied to mathematics in ways that, you know, that right now is not being taught in our schools. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the key term that I keep going back to is this, that, you know, so algebra once only in place as the uh, gatekeeper for higher math and the priesthood who gained access to it now is a gatekeeper for citizenship. And I think yes. right there, you know, in thinking about, well, you know, some of our graduates are now going in to teach that algebra one class. And, you know, yes. they say, well, I'm just teaching algebra one. I want to do it. Yes. Like, no, 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 this, this is important. This is, this is important work here. This is, yes. I mean, there's, there's a gate that's been set up and like, you know, he was saying like, we need to get as many people through that gate as possible. And so that yes. we can tear down that gate, you know, that's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. No. And I think, I think we should stay there. And I think that that phrase, that quote, should be screamed out to the world mm-hmm. forevermore, right? It, yeah, we should blare that quote out. Because um, I think I think that's, I like the quote, and I think it's also an indictment mm. of our system, right? Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that um, it, based in it is this exception, is this accepting of, of algebra as a gatekeeper. And we have to call that in the question right. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that quote. Yeah, and I, I mean, I saw it, again a, when I was trying to think about well, what is this book? Is a book that describes the connections between civil rights and voting rights and math literacy, and the work done. I mean, and that's the thing. Like he he did work. I mean, like the work yes. to do that. Like, hey, yeah, voting is important. And so, what is the work that he did? And like, there's so many again stories captured in here about the organization and 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 empowering people to do that work as well. And also, I just want side note like. He, he's also in the, the book by Miles Horton or not Miles. Yeah. Well, it, mm. Miles Horton tells some of the stories, but about the um, Highlander folk school, but talking mm. about creating some of those uh, the workshops and some of the, the work that was done through Highlander to of figuring out how to help communities, help communities. And he, like you see yes. it in, in the work that he did of, of organizing and helping others do the work um, as well. But then, yeah, yeah. And that, 
Yeah, that gets me thinking again that, again, it, it's, 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 for me, it's another paradox that, you know, he was in the trenches. He was working with people right. all the time. Right. And we, we only, in some sense, get to know about him after he does this his whole life, mm-hmm. right? And so, it, it, and it, it's not like he's trying to do this for publicity or anything. I mean, he is in the trenches with people. And so this is, this is a call out to all of us that, you know, who are the three or four people who we are organizing or being in the trenches with? Or are we always just at the, quote, high level, just, you know, trying to talk to, in committee meetings and just, you know, at the high level? Who are the people that we're helping that are deep down in the trenches, right? Right. Yeah. If, like, if all my work happens in this little closet not connected yes. <laughs> like that's, yes. that's not a good yes. that's yes. not a good sign that's yeah and that's that that also means in this office that also means right. you know in the fifth floor in the committee room if that's exactly. all that you're doing mm-hmm. yeah no that's it's not going to work yeah um so <laughs> so i asked you to lend i mean because we could go on and on and, and again this is a great book it's it's available go get it uh yeah. for those of you out here that are listening um but thinking about some of the learnings that you had and i know i i was going through this i, I got up at four because i'm like man mm. how do i narrow this down and just going through yeah. everything but trying to think like well what are some key learnings that we that we can nail down from this text oh this is shared oh for me it's about i yeah in a lot of ways it just just like all the other legends, it is tied to overcoming a fear, mm. right? And that, I mean, he. there's no doubt that he was a peace human. He was afraid. And yet look at all of what he did. And that there, there's a, I feel like there's a sense of paralysis over some of us that who want to go to a certain level and then they back away, right? And, and, so when I get the fear, I think of people like Bob Moses and, and say, you know, he did it. So, so can I, I can do 20% of what he did. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. And that's yeah. going to be a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, and so, so yeah. I, so for me, I, you know, in his work, I'm just thinking about these critical moments and I'm thinking about the conflicts that he had, right. That, that he had to continuously go up against and fight. Um, and there was no doubt that he was ready to do that. And yeah. so I, yeah. And so I today am looking around at a bunch of cowards in, in our discipline, in our mm-hmm. country, people who, and, and I mean that lovingly, right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not, I'm not beating around the bush about it because, you know, it's for me to be a coward and I've been a coward many times in my life is when we know what the truth is, we have the opportunity to speak the truth out. And we choose to do something else, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and so there are too many of us who are looking around and seeing things that aren't right, and we are saying nothing, and we're moving on to, for the rest of our day. And so um, in the spirit of him and, and many others like him, it's like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm staying here, and I'm going to fight the good fight. Right. And so, you know, after when I read these stories, it's just I have to keep remembering that he makes a choice, he makes a choice. He gets up every day, makes the choice to fight for people who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, it's almost could be titled radical courage. I mean, just cause over and yes. over again, yes. up. and like, 
you know, just the, the 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 both the stories of like how these initial efforts begin and then he hits something and yeah yes. keeps going from here or if it's the math he hits something and keeps going we'll figure yes. it out we're gonna figure we're gonna yes. move ahead with it and yes. it's just every single time that courage to keep stepping forward and it becomes but, a habit it does <laughs> become a habit I mean once I started to open my mouth a little bit right particularly on the show on mathematically and center and I started saying stuff and I'm like wow I just said that and that feels great. Right. <laughs> to have said that that has needed to be said. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, I think like everything else, you just get used to it and you just say, you know what, it's okay. And I'm going to keep trying to do this. It doesn't come without consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you start to realize that, um, it, that it's worth it for your own soul as well. I, I come back to, um, a piece by Audre Lord. I mentioned this in the other podcast you and I were doing about the transformation of silence into action. And she says, you know, what are we going to do with our silences? They're not helping you now. You think they're helping you, but right. at the end of it, you know, what are they going to do for you? And nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing he was, he was not, I mean, the thing is he's quiet, but not silent. Right. Correct. And like, and, and like that Correct. over and over again, you see that as evidence. Um, yes. You know, and I, I saw the, you know, the whole idea that in, in chapter one was something that yeah. is over and over again. I just, I, I come back to it. It's a, a sign yes. reading for my classes. And just to say, you know, that importance of that, that whole idea of it, like this being a gatekeeper to citizenship. I just, I don't yes. ever like, I, it's almost highlight that over and over again. Cause especially I'm teaching um, elementary math methods and thinking yes. about the relationships that they're trying to facilitate with mathematics. One, they have to think about their own relationship first too. And, yes. and think about what, you know, maybe even they might, might've been limited in opportunities from Absolutely. their relationship with mathematics. And now they have an opportunity. They're stewards or caretakers or like facilitators of someone else's relationship. And how do they Correct. present themselves? How do they, you know, who do they see as doers of mathematics and yes. how are they um, making sure that, you know, it, they're not closing gates to these kids at, in whatever grades they're at. And, and you see yeah. with the, you know, the stories of students' relationship of their history with mathematics, we call it math history, um, yes. and thinking about their, what were the influences and how powerful a teacher is in those yes. cases. So like how powerful the teacher is that's standing right at that gate, right? And so yes. like, and, and so like the transition from when I was teaching, you know, algebra level in yes. my high school teaching days to now thinking about teaching teachers and over and over again thinking about that phrase and how yes. important this work is no what are we saying we're saying that, that these teachers are freedom fighters themselves mm, yeah and so i've been working a lot recently on narratives or narratives and narrative change you change cultures by changing the narratives that we accept without interrogation and so what happens if you, myself, and a bunch of other people reframe and start to scream out that um, teachers are freedom fighters, yeah. right? So then, and then what is the, of course, we know the pushback against that, because when you start mentioning freedom and justice, all of a sudden people start saying, why are you breaking politics? Mm. It's, it's right. Yeah. And so, so be it. If, that, if that's the fight, then that's the fight, right? But the, the way that we get around that is you say that they're precious young people, whose citizenship is on the line here, Mm -hmm. right? And we go deeper than that sometimes. We have to say that if we don't fight for, you know, the liberation of people according to what this book is saying, the young people are going to suffer. Right. 
Yeah. Right. And that we just have to we have to just lay it out plain because, you know, it's it's to Bob Moses's point, Martin Luther King Jr.'s point that, you know, these are people who should put a light on the conditions of people who were not living their best lives. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I'm thankful to you and others who, you know, try and set the stakes as big as they are that this is the first part of a long journey to citizenship and full rights in our society. Well, even to use the term that you put before the the love warrior, you know, yes, and thinking about yes. like, like, hey, you know, you love your love your students. Love, well, okay, oh, so here's yes. the, here's how how you can express love is being a darn good teacher. Man, yes, man. absolutely. Thank you for that. You just changed my life. That's right. Because what? Is, <laughs> because what? No, because because there we go, right? Because we we hear that all the time. And here's you know, this is what we're talking about in terms of narrative. When you say, do you love your kids? And we have to say what that looks like. And oh my goodness, right? So, you know, you and I are centered around love, but love is also one of the most overused words in our society. And um, because, and when it gets overused, then it doesn't get the weight that it deserves, right? And so then what does it look like then? To for, Well, first of all, you know, Tavis Smiley, who's been disgraced recently, has a quote that, that I absolutely love. And it's just like, you know, where's the love gone? Right. Where's where's love in the public discourse? Right. And that that might be tied to a lot of the problems we're having. But we often hear our teachers say, I love my kids. I love my kids. And what does it look like to spend 15 minutes to say, what does that mean? To go to the board and just write down what that means. And you know what's going to be missing? Everything that's in this book. (laughs) Right. And and there we are. And there we are. And so we have an opportunity to say, okay, everything that you just wrote is fantastic. Let me write some things too. Right. Right. And, and and this book says that love is tied to fighting for these things, fighting for your kids in these ways. Right. And, you know, and that we demand that you add this a definition of love to your practice. And when you do that, then you'll teach differently than anybody's ever taught. Well, and that's the thing. Like he's talked about, like the, you know, the brilliance of kids being hidden through basically like translation, right? That there's like, we're, we're talking in this language and and yet, you know, how do we be explicit with the connections in language and how people experience the world, how people talk about the world. And then how do you represent that mathematically? And he's like, lays it, lays it out super explicitly. And like, how do like, no, there's brilliance here. And like, how do we, uh, how do we uh, provide avenues in order for it to be uh, demonstrated uh, to yes. not only to the classroom, but to the world, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And that, that each teacher individually, while looking that child in the eye, mm-hmm. always has the opportunity to reveal and uplift that brilliance in ways that might have to counteract the narratives of their school and the school district and all these other systems, right? So I always come back to the power of a teacher to go ahead and say, regardless of the grade, regardless of what the test score says, that I honor the brilliance you have. I believe in your brilliance, your potential, and all of it. Yeah. Like um, doing a little reading of um, rereading of uh, the Dream Keepers. Mm, and yeah. I think I think it's Ms. Ms. Devereaux. I think is a math teacher. I can't mm. remember exactly, but I believe that's it. But like the the contrast between Mrs. Devereaux and then there's a student teacher in the book. It's like almost side by side. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, like the, the math classroom, Ms. Devereaux and who's, you know, part of the, the group of teachers that coined cultural relevant pedagogy. And like, like it's a, 
almost like a three ring circus. There's so much activity yes. going on. Yes. There's math everywhere. There's kids holding responsibilities for things in the class that are going on, whether they're counting or other things that are a part of the mathematics, but also part of the classroom responsibility. And like, Correct. there's all this going on of like, and then the, and then you see the contrast with the student teacher was yes. similar group of kids where it's like, you know, he's only looking at one way. Like it's almost like one yes. plane that like, I'm just yes. looking at this little slice of everything and I'm not seeing what I want to see and getting frustrated versus like Devereaux's op- opened up all these different opportunities to Correct. explore and see and, and, and observe, observe the brain yes. and then offer some fuel in order to keep it going in a certain yes. direction. So it's, what's a reimagination of what mathematics can be. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And again, that's a space in which, um, they're putting people first. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not rocket science. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't think it's rocket science, right? We're at, so, and I think I, I keep coming back to this, but we're making choices. Right. We just have to decide. And, and I think that, and this is the other narrative. I think that people are just accepting too much that this is just the way it has to be. Right. Right. And that, yeah. And that we have to keep saying it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, like you said, like, the simple things of, well, we know if we detract, that's a good thing. But then too yes. often, like the people aren't, you know, are too scared about like, well, what's the ramifications if we, if we do that? Well, yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. It's one of those things to step forward with. Well, yeah, no. And I, I, I can't let you get away with that. Yeah. That means that, yeah. I mean, we're not going to trail off on that. So when we talk about detracting, then yeah, we're talking about some people who benefit from tracking. Right. right? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, so we gotta protect our smart ones and we gotta protect, yeah, we gotta put the, you know, the brilliant people, the people who we think are gifted in certain places, and we've got to put these other people in other places. We can't mix them and all this other stuff, right? So there are people who are afraid, there are people who are benefit, and none of these people are on my side. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's just that simple. So, so what I have to do somehow right is in 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 the spirit of Bob Mose and is the spirit of King and all these other people is how is it that we can still center love and also understand that that love is not oh that means that I'm not going to fight back against you right right because yeah I mean so the hope is that we can come to some agreement because the big thing is that everybody's going to benefit Right. On on the other side, it, it is not either or. It's yeah, and. I know. Right? Yeah. I mean, everyone's still going to get everything that they need. So that we have an imagination in which everybody can benefit and all the people who are going to get what they, you know, wanted before are still going to get it. But mm-hmm. yeah, we but people just like you said, people some people are afraid and some people don't want to give up this this level of power in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And it, and I it's tough. Okay. Cause I, th- I think, you know, I came from a system where I was tracked and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those and to look and see like, well, who wasn't in the classes, right. Who, like, yes. you know, who were, who's being marginalized? What, what did the, the AP Calc class look like? What did the remedial Correct. math class look like? And just seeing like, there's something wrong there. Right. That yeah. was, um, what was going on? No, my high school, they put me, yeah, I was in the pre-engineering program and they put me on the fifth, I mean, it's a five, five floor building and they put me and the other people on the fifth floor and everybody else is under that. Yep. Right. And then I didn't see any of these people literally until graduation. 
right? And then I would go in and I would get on the escalator and go all the way past four floors to the fifth floor and I didn't go anywhere else. Wow. Yes. Right. And so I benefited from that in so many ways because we were obviously the special people and they treated us that way. And I was the valedictorian and I stood up in front of all these people giving a speech and I knew, you know, very few of those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't know me. They probably was like, who is this? Who's that guy? (laughs) Who's the valedictorian? I never met him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that, so yeah, that does take some confrontation of our own stories with mathematics too. And and like, you know, you know, think about the the uh, just just because we have stories that are the, the stories that we just shared, you yeah. know, doesn't make doesn't mean we can't change a story, right? Change correct. change stories going forward. So correct, 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 correct. No, my my story is not a success story. Let's just be clear about it. Because I think, again, this is why we have to go back and do narrative. And you did it, right? You said, who was not there? Yeah, yeah. And and I know, I can name, when I've gone back and interrogated my own story, right? It's been, I can now name 15 people who was just as smart as me. Right. Right? Who were not treated as well as me. And then I got all these opportunities, right? Because I I got into certain things that these people did not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like having those interrogations of your own story and having the perspective and then, you know, and sharing the stories that's in radical equations, like people like, oh, whoa, like I never thought about math like this. And so if it is a gate and I got through the gate, well, who didn't get through the gate? I mean, that's that's absolutely simple question. Absolutely correct. So any what other learnings do you have from the book that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I mean, I, I think also I would just hammer home the decision to say that, to call the system what it is. I mean, and just to say, um, look, um, here's what's happening and speaking to power. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I come, I come back to the, to the fear part, to the conflict part, to say, I'm going to talk to these people in power. And for what does that mean for us today? That means cussing out our deans. Mm-hmm. especially my tenure people like if you can't lose your job please take the time <laughs> to critically yeah call some people out right I mean it's like yeah so I mean so and and so it's one of these things where when you're reading it's like on the page it goes by so fast when you're reading it's like oh yeah. he did this oh he did this but it's like if, if we actually took the time to sit down and really put ourselves in his shoes and, and think about some of these experiences, it would take us three years to read the book. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because uh-huh. he, he just goes and does this and this and this and this. And each one of these decisions for us and for anybody would just be super difficult to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so that's why I'm saying if I can just do 20%. Right. right. And that just means calling the question some quote rules and so forth that we need to be checked, that we need to change. I mean, I'm going to a, a meeting after this, you know, about, about college algebra, right. And we're going to look at DFW rates and, you know, um, we, and so, I mean, I've ha- I've had this fight before and they're probably like, Oh God, Eris is going to be here. So he's going to be loud again, but it's just like, you know, um, I just have to say, look, part of the reason why these numbers are so high is because of us and what we do and what we assume to be the right way. Right. And that, you know, there's too much because I think also tied to this is that, you know, when people struggle in algebra, 
you know, people, we always want to blame children. Right. right. And then yeah. it's just like, what's up with these kids? Right. Oh, that drives me crazy. And I am on a, a voyage to fight that every single time it's said like 10 years ago, I would just leave the room and just not be part of the conversation. And I'm moving to a place where I'm just going to be like, wait, 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 hold up. So we have a choice. Are we going to blame children or are we going to actually, you know, talk about the unregulated power we have as teachers in the classroom? Right. Right. And if you're trying to tell us, you know, that they're not doing well in a space that we control, that just doesn't add up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It just reminds me of, because when I first got into my doctoral work, it was doing a lot with inclusive ed. And so Wanda yeah. Blanchett, she wrote about the disproportionate representation of black boys in in special ed and like talking about that and and it's like and then you know you have then idea came out with a revamp there and it was eventually it was like you know what how about teachers we got to look back at ourselves it's not like everything is not about students especially if we're talking about this over representation like you know there's a cultural difference here like so how do we like actually look at what you're doing as a teacher and are you actually teaching in a way that that speaks to speaks to your students and thinking about you know, are you taking into account, like, who's in the classroom and how can you best reach them? And, and again, uncover their brilliance versus thinking like, yes. well, they're not doing it the way I want them to do it. So thus, there must be something wrong. And like, you're absolutely right. Right, right. And so what you just did there really hits home for me, because, you know, when when people are put wherever, it's often because other people have made decisions. And then we just have to ask, well, what are these decisions based on? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, how are these decisions being made? Right. And so, you know, um, and that's where the hard conversations come from, because then people start to act like, oh, are you trying to say I did something bad? Are you saying I'm a bad person? Are you saying right? And this is why we have to reframe um, racism and and racist structures as being independent sometimes of the people who are participating in the structures themselves to say that, look, you know, their decisions being made according to rules that do not favor groups, certain groups of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was like, there's a book, Kendi's book. I mean, like when he talks, it's almost like mathematical, like definitions of, of when you see racism and and like, so, okay. So if you're not doing anything, you're going with the flow and there's racist policies and correct that are happening. Well, then you're participating in them. So passively, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm yeah. not racist. Well, no, you're still within, you're still going with the flow yes. here. And so yes. how do we push against those things? And so, yeah, the conversations you're about to have and like, and that's, I put it on my own self, like being able to connect with our um, math department here. Cause I know there's things that they could be doing because stuff that Bob Moses is talking about where Correct. kids are coming in and, and taking remedial classes and not being able to count those towards um, their, you know, their graduation requirements. And now they're already starting in a hole, both yes. economically and academically. And so now, okay, again, you see that gate. <laughs> that yes. Gate yes, is, yes, so, yes. And so Absolutely. how do we, what can we do as an institution to, to, to rectify that? And so, yeah. We, so how do we push against done, it? Yeah. The thing we've done in Georgia following Tennessee and following uh, California is that we've done this whole co-rec model now. Right. For this very reason that and I don't know, and I'm sure it's beneficial to the powers that be as well. But I also believe that a number of the correct people started to complain that this was not working. Right. That like that somehow um, the remedial space was not one that was helping out anybody. It was the it was the math ghetto. 
Yeah. Again, I'm just being real. It, mm-hmm. Like you just get put in there and it is hard to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, I mean, again, he, the, he did a, a thousand things, but we can see like, Ooh, that's a, that's a place of influence. I can, I can yes. work on. Well, one, yes. Talk about relationships with mathematics and how do we talk about that versus, you know, talking about literacy, but then also just, yeah, like there's a higher ed like point there where when kids are going into uh, with say middle school that they're or exit middle school, that they're on a college level track, that that's a floor. I mean, that's still a yes. good target to go for, not just to put kids into classes that have the name algebra somewhere right. hidden within it, but it's actually a legitimate like math course that's ending towards some sort of outcome. That's uh, that's desirable for a student to have. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I know I want to honor your time because I know you got good meetings coming up. So um, yeah. how, so how has this, book influence what you do in the classroom oh yes i mean i just see people yes it, i mean it is tied to seeing people and so mm-hmm. it, i spend a lot more time learning about people's experiences and if if there is nothing that anybody gets from what i've said during this time it, it, it hear this it is trust me that the experience whatever you're trying to get mathematically will be improved if you get to know the lives of your students. Mm. I mean, and take the, just take the time. So on the first day, and I'm trying to make this more periodic, but the first day, it, we don't do any math at all. We just don't do it. And, I, and and then I hear all the people, you know, and the way that I've been raised as a mathematician say, but wait, you don't have enough time, content, blah, blah, right? Like, yeah, you're gonna run out of, you won't be able to cover, you know, inverse trick substitution, right? But it's like, yeah. <laughs> Important stuff, yeah. yeah. That's right, that's right, yeah. <laughs> but no, but just to just really understand the people that you're connecting with. Um, because what I found is that when I do that, it completely changes the way that I teach. Right. right. And all the examples and, you know, I'll be talking and be like, oh, Mike, remember when you said on the first day that, right, it's just like, yeah. So, I mean, so it's that. And then um, and then I advocate. I just advocate for students, marginalized students across the board. I was always advocating for some students. Right. But now I advocate, you know, across the board. So so it extends beyond the classroom because I'm teaching. And then within the classroom, I've also decided to call out the very system that we're talking about mm-hmm. to say, and so that's particularly true every time we have a test. I just say, look, what well, we got it, we're having this test as part of a system. We should not be doing this. But yeah, so really just saying that, you know, being very explicit about the system that we're in and how it's not okay. Um, and that, you know, that I'm trying to do my best to fight against it. I just let them know that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What we've normalized about saying, here, take this test. Let me put a number on it. And this is your, this is what you're worth. Right. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then again, a lack of imagination and courage to say, what could we do differently here? Yeah. What does it How can we do assessment differently? Yeah. And well, this, is, this is some incredible, brilliant people who are working on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we need to elevate that and scream that out to the world. Yeah. And it just made me think back to some of the stuff like, you know, he's constantly talking about the relationships that he was building in the the places he was in. And because you can't just say, well, you need to go do this work. 
well, you first you have to have the relationship, right? You have to sit with them yes. and, you know, sit on a, a, and share a moment either, you know, yes. through a meal or whatever, like having yes. those sorts of things and, and, and builds. And I always put, make the connection to conduits, right? You're building conduits. Like when you're on that first day of class, it's like you're, you're building conduits in order to develop that relationship between you and that person. So then when math content is ready to be taught, you're yes. trying to facilitate the one, you know, how they operate and you can provide those experiences and things that are going to facilitate their relationship with mathematics. And like, yeah. without it, like, you know, you're just throwing stuff up and it's like, well, how do I even know if it's making the connection? Right. And so, right. you know, it, it, this is a human endeavor, right? We need to yes. put you know, you know humans first. And like, I think that is where, you know, thinking about what the work that he did is always about the people first and like what is going to facilitate people getting a, gaining access to either you know citizen well citizenship over and over again yes. like you think about civil rights and being able to you know operate within the world um and then also for me i mean too that explicit connection between like how am i communicating with my students and how how am i yes. communicating for them to communicate with their students and like how are they uh, and covering the brilliance within their student, like, are they allowing multiple means of, of expression of yes. things that, so that they, you know, it's not just, well, I've got one way to do it. I've got one yes. opportunity for students to show their, their ways of understanding a concept. And yes. so, you know, yes, like you say, like there's some constraints that we have, like, oh, where's the paper and pencil test that shows us? No, I've seen evidence of this kid be showing this yes, understanding. Yes. And, and that's legit, you know, and yes. that's super legit. And so yeah. like trying to, you know, how do we push against some of those accepted classroom practices? And like, cause yes. he was always pushing, he's always pushing. And so yes. how do we keep pushing? Uh, Absolutely. As well? Yeah. And, and then the final frontier for me is, that, you know, we said that he was committed, it was part of his life mission, but that is tied to the fact that he was a black man in America. Mm -hmm. And for me, the, the last frontier is how is it that in a lot of ways that we can get more Joe Amadons in the world, <laughs> right? In the sense that how is it that we can get, frankly, you know, when 80% of the teachers are white people, right? How is it that in a country that has this racial history, to be able to authentically look at people of color and say that that child is just as valuable as every other child. Mm -hmm. and, and we, I mean, I, and I mean that authentically, right. and mm -hmm. we are nowhere near that. And it is because we aren't having the hard conversations that we politicize treating every child, you know, with value. Um, and the, the aim to do that, we've treated that as political. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so for me, I've gotten to a place where, you know, it, you know, regardless of pedagogy, I'm past pedagogy. There's all sorts of great pedagogies. The last frontier is how can we get people to confront white supremacy, misogyny, patriarchy mm -hmm. as teachers every single day, right? Because you can have all the pedagogy you want, but again, if you don't look at Jamal and Tommy the same way, right? If you, and and you, we won't be able to do that. But if you can't say, I know that within me are things that will put Jamal on a lower tier than Tommy. If we can't say that, right? then I don't care how you're teaching, mm -hmm. right? And so, and so what I, so here, that, you know, for um, Bob Moses and for others, they are fighting for their lives, right? They're fighting for the lives of their future generations. Right. We as teachers, regardless of race and identity, 
must must be on the voyage of looking at our kids as one of us, regardless of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so having these conversations ahead of time where you hear the struggle, where you get an inkling of what it means to be a girl in mathematics, a black boy in this world, right? And understanding that and being educated to understand that when a black boy says that, oh, I don't have this, it is not because of deficiencies, it is because of the United States of America, right? And how we can fight against that, at least in the hour and 15 minutes we have that person in that That's classroom. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Confront, recognize it, confront it, fight against yes. it. Right? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Cause there's just too much, oh, let me teach everybody the same way. There's yeah. too much, oh, let me uh, subscribe to this formula of teaching. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for uh, being willing to join me and talk about this amazing book. I do want to, I know we have just a couple minutes left. Um, mm-hmm. I want to honor your time, but I do, I do want to talk about uh, Mathematically Uncensored. Tell me what's going on with that podcast and the couple books you got going on. Yes, it's a lot of the same of what you just heard from me and and just multiply it by three and a half with the incredible <laughs> Pamela Harris. She, That's right. she is just out of control. Amazing. Um, and so what we're trying to do is, again, speak the truth about the experiences of people of color in um, the mathematical sciences um, mm-hmm. in higher ed. Um, a lot of the times we, t- we do talk about some K through 12 subjects as well, because I'm connected to that space in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And so, um, yeah, so if you go to Minority Math, org, which is um, the place where is the center for mathematical for minorities in mathematical sciences. We do a podcast for that, um, and so if you go into publicity, you'll find mathematically uncensored. You'll find it in all the podcast places yep. as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we've just talked about we're fighting every episode, right? And so we're trying to do both center a space for people of color in the mathematical sciences, but also to just fight against the structures that keep telling us that we don't belong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the book is tied to that. The books are kind of tied to that. So um, the first book was about advocating for students of color in mathematics, right? So the first one's mm-hmm. called Asked and Answered. Um, and so uh, that's done really well. Um, and so we're excited about continuing to fight that. That that book comes out of a four-part series that Pamela and I did in which we were, um, which, and that was the title of the series, Advocating for Students of Color, which we went through a bunch of scenarios of how we would, you know, fight against these structures. And so the book is centered around that. And then um, that was, that came out December of last year. And now the, the one that we got coming out uh, next week, which is going to be the beginning, nice. the second week right. of August, is going to be from people who have been doing stuff. Nice. In the discipline and really just centering their voices. So we got 20 contributors who are just saying, here's what we did. Here's why we did it. Here was the impact. And here's why we're going to keep doing it. Nice. Action. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, no, the work is, yeah. So in the spirit of Bob Moses, I'm just trying to keep pushing. Yep. Just keep pushing. Yeah. Try to get that 20%. But, yeah, I, I'll we'll put links to everything in the show okay. notes so if people are looking for that um, stuff. But I just I want to say thank you, thank you for spending some time with me. I've lo- I say it over and over again, but part of the pleasure of this podcast is being able to organize uh, our long conversations with folks. So yes, <laughs> yes, accomplished no, there. Whatever excuse we can get to talk, I'll take it. But yeah, and so we just uh, wanted to celebrate um, the life and work of Bob Moses and to. Keep it going. Keep That's right. And in, in the spirit of Bob Moses, we have to keep it going. Right. Joe, you're an inspiration. I appreciate the time.
Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It was good. It's good. My reading this morning, the highlight was on the word good. And what does it mean to be good? And Bob Moses was good. <laughs> and I, hopefully you heard that in our conversation, Eris uh, and I's conversation. You heard about the good work that he did. And good in as truest of the word that can be. He did good work. And the thing is, his work is not done. And, and what he did was invest in the lives of others so that they could do good work as well. And like Eris says, like, there's no way we're going to match him. But if we could just do 20%, man, think about how, how this world would be. And so let's, let's start doing that. Let's start using his life uh, as an example and keep striving to do good work, just like Bob Moses. So... But that is all I have for this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Show notes for the podcast can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 50. Lots of great links there, uh, especially links to Eris and Pamela's podcast, Mathematically Uncensored. Um, take a look at that and all the other links that we mentioned in this episode. And if you're looking for ways to support the podcast for the next 50 episodes, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can subscribe to the Amazon Planet Download, which contains teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. We'll get that kicked back into gear once we get to the school year. Taking a little break, man. We're trying to breathe a little bit. You can also follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store, Amazon Planet Bookshop. Uh, links in the can be found in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com where all of your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. So you are a sponsor. You wearing that Be The Good shirt, you can say, I'm a sponsor of the Amazon Planet Podcast. So thank you. Thank you very much. And also, thank you uh, for the time of Paris for being willing to spend some time talking about Bob Moses and his life and legacy and talking about his fantastic book, Radical Equations. Thank you to all, all of you out there for listening. And thanks to... Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because of people like Bob Moses, but also because of people like you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.